0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the D&D Podcast. This is your host for this week, Bart Carroll, along with co-host Shelley Mazenoble. In this episode, we talk with R&D's Mike Merles and Chris Perkins. By now, the big announcement has been made regarding the release of 5th edition as part of the overall Tyranny of Dragons storyline.
1: Hey guys, good hey. to have you here.
0: Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, just wondering what this week's been like for you, just, you know... It feels like a baby has been born, or at least an announcement of a baby being born.
2: Well, this is like, we're right now in the week before the week, so it's like all the, the, the pressure and buildup, so I kind of know. The, it's just been tense. I just want it to be announced and over with,
3: frankly.
2: <laughs> but now be... it's
0: been. So, right now, I'm probably very relaxed. Right now, while I'm listening to this. So, Mike's referring, we're recording this I the know. Thursday before the Monday announcement. So, by the time uh, our listening audience is hearing this, it will be Friday the 23rd. But the big announcement made on Monday the 19th.
1: Future, Mike. If and future anybody can Chris, keep track of that. so all of us in the future are probably so relaxed and happy and excited right now hopefully hopefully but
0: right now at this moment we're
1: not i know isn't it weird no
2: it's very tense
1: i know i actually feel like i'm doing something wrong talking about it right now They know people no, know
2: it's funny because we did a QA streaming a couple of weeks ago. And whenever anyone would mention anything about a choral book, people are like, Why is why does Mike keep wincing? It's like, ah, I'm just so used <laughs> to not Mike being able coughing? to talk about it. Yeah, <clears throat> well, it's you know, I got the death plague, but
1: we can talk about it now freely. It, it's
2: very really, it's a relief.
1: So, this big announcement went out. And just in case by now anybody listening has not heard the announcement or has not read the announcement, just a quick recap. We did um, announce release dates for the upcoming new edition of Dungeons & Dragons. It's um, 2017, planned (laughs) release. Just Just kidding. Obviously, it's coming out this summer in just mere months. It's so exciting. And also, we announced details about our new storyline, the Tyranny of Dragons. Um, I look at you, Mr. Perkins, when I say that, as I know your mastermind is behind that. But let's talk a little bit about the core rule books and about the new edition and really, I mean, this has been a very long process. I remember many, many days sitting in this very room, just even talking about the notion of the play test. And we, our expectations at that point, you know, were so not what, what would be, it actually happened. I mean, yeah. I think that the play test just blew all of our minds.
2: No, it was, it was overwhelming, right? Yeah. It was much larger than we thought it was going to be. It, um, It was great to look back and see the process and how things evolved and to really get all the feedback, really help us focus on what we knew players and DMs wanted us either to work on, to refine, to add, to remove. And I think that was a huge, it was a huge help. It, especially comparing it to working on like other games I've worked on in the past here and at other companies, being able to know that we were making decisions that were helping people have more fun at the table like knowing that because of the surveys and the data we had it's unlike any other process i've been through in tabletop game design the um and it was it was overwhelming the amount of uh, the amount of interest and the number of people who signed up and took part and gave us feedback it blew away our expectations
3: yeah it took out it all did. the guesswork and the ego that usually comes with this kind of important design we were just able to deliver on expectations and we were surprised along the way by what people wanted. Yeah. We weren't guessing, which is really nice. Yeah. It was really important. Yeah. So,
1: did, you said you weren't surprised or you were surprised.
3: We were a little surprised yeah. at times. Um, some things didn't surprise us at all, but yeah, there were many conversations we had that's like, Oh wow. That's sort of, we have to reevaluate our expectations a little bit and uh, figure out a way to make these people happy because they're telling us stuff that we didn't know was true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So just a couple weeks ago, the, the starter set. Yep. See, even that feels weird saying it. I keep being forgetting. The, like, yeah. it's safe in here. It's okay. Um, I the, love
3: the starter set.
1: The starter set is pretty snazzy. But that that actually went, that's gone. That's yeah. like at the printer. It's
2: being printed. It's being printed back in New England.
1: Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. Look at everything comes full circle. Exactly.
2: I came out here to the west <laughs> and I send the product back east. Yeah. So.
1: But it's got to feel really good. There was just so much, you know, effort and, and time put into these products to know that like, it's out the door. It, like, this is happening, you guys. It's.
2: I don't think it's going to feel completely real until we have the first product in our hands. Yeah. Because we've been reviewing galleys and all proofs. We did all that. And now now the machine is, you know, running. Things are being made. Boxes, books being printed, dice being delivered. The I actually have three sets of the dice that are being used in the starter set. It's like this blue color we picked out. And... Uh, Cinda from CAPS, is our production team, came over and she had a couple sample sets, so I actually have a little bag. The dice I've been using during the live streams, I think every other week I've been using the, the dice from the starter sets are the ones that
1: won't really? be really so it's been
2: kind of cool they actually haven't been rolling very well So I'm, don't just know gonna to ask, however, <laughs> I'm sure that's not
1: that's, that's not typical results not typical I hope not no but that's like a nice little easter egg you had in the live stream games yeah. that nobody knew about
2: if so, if you, I don't know if you can even see it in the camera but it's a little blue the blue dice I have so it is a very nice shade of blue we'll it's put delicious. a picture up online
1: yes <laughs> they're actually yeah um, so also you talked a little bit about the starter set in your mm-hmm. legends and lore column that was went up on Monday and so along with the starter set, we obviously have the Player's Handbook, we have Monster Manual, and we have the Dungeon Master's Guide. And we have two really cool adventures that are tied to our uh, storyline, Tyranny of Dragons. First, I have to say that those books, look they look fantastic. I think that I'm curious to see how people will respond to them. But I think that the, the new, the overall look is just, it's really fresh and it's really modern. Yeah, and
3: we've been working on so many different pieces of the rules for so long, we've never really gotten a complete picture of what it's all going to look like together until fairly recently mm-hmm. once the, all the art comes in and the graphic design is worked out and the typesetter has had her way with the the text, um, we start to see our text flowed with the illustrations with the page designs and they are remarkable designs and suddenly it feels like a real project.
1: So speaking of the Tyranny of Dragons adventures, the, the two adventures that are coming out this year Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat, Chris Perkins. What have you done here? This is this is a storyline that's coming out of your brain. So I well, oh not that, just that not line. just my brain,
3: but brain of a number of people. Yes, um, and but
1: you were involved in this
3: absolutely. And the goal was to launch the new edition and actually um, just get in the frame of mind of thinking of D and D in terms of story. And having a story to lead off with that felt very iconic, that dealt with things that have been in the game for a long time, and that could resonate with fans of all editions past. And so we thought, well, dragons makes perfect sense. And uh, the adventure is nominally set in the Forgotten Realms, although there's guidance for adapting it to your home campaign. And dragons are well represented in the realms, but we haven't really focused on them much. Uh, in recent years or really shown what they've been up to and here we've crafted a story that puts the characters in conflict with dragons and their allies and also puts them up against the mother of all dragons Tiamat Uh, and we expect that out of this story will come a lot of really cool shared experiences people talking about the various conflicts and run-ins not only with Tiamat, with the various other villains that we introduce, and um, we hope that uh, there are many, many stories uh, told about this event, about these adventures, and we're also seeding them with little clues to future stories so that once you have completed Tyranny of Dragons, uh, there will be some, shall we say, Benefits or Easter eggs from having done so in future stories to discover.
1: Mm, Very interesting. And so there are many, many ways that people can interact with the Tyranny of Dragons storyline, obviously through the tabletop role-playing game. Uh, We have D&D encounters. We have conventions. But we also have fans of... Miniatures. Miniatures. We have lots of game um, accessories that are all themed around Tyranny of Dragons. Force 9 has... It has minis they have uh, the unpainted minis they have a dm screen that they're creating that goes along with the adventures they have vinyl maps that are, will be available um but we also have fans of the neverwinter mmo can also interact with the story in a big way so lots and lots of ways to to experience with this this awesome story but i'm curious about you guys and you obviously have a much longer history with D&D than i do have either of you ever faced off against tm before
3: I've run adventures with Tiamat as the villain before, but I have never fought her as a player.
1: So how did it go for your players? Not well. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm yeah, hearing. Yeah, well,
3: you know, she's got five mouths to feed. She's not going to just back down from a threat.
1: No, no, definitely not.
0: So Mike had uh, heard some of these questions a little bit earlier before the podcast, but we did have some curiosities about Tiamat herself.
1: I, I have been sort of collecting these questions from, from a variety of people about Tiamat ever since we first heard about this storyline. These are not just my questions, but I am very curious about her, um, as a villain. Um, number one, does Tiamat, does she, when she speaks, do all of her heads speak?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, not necessarily over top of one another, uh, they don't all
1: of, just speak in sync to each other? Oh, I see what you're or saying. Do like, they all say the same thing at the same, one at talking, the same yeah. time?
3: Can they no. talk
0: independently or are yeah, they all Yeah, they sync- can talk
3: independently.
1: So they're all independent. Yeah. So. But
3: they're organized independent so that they're not just babbling incoherently on top of one another. Although I imagine they do get into shouting matches but that's every what once I, in a while, That's the
1: other question. Do they ever fight with each other? No. They all agree with the overall sentiment
3: they, they're they united in purpose.
1: They're united in purpose.
0: Second, I, I can't imagine that the red dragon head and the white dragon head agree on the thermostat setting. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that work?
1: They need to have one of those special mattresses what? that you can, like, set the temperatures differently. It would be very challenging to have five five heads. Does TMN have a voice? What's her voice sound like?
3: Oh, I don't know. It's got to be, like... I don't know, uh, a, a super, super deep Angelina Jolie, maybe.
1: Oh, okay. That's a, an interesting way of looking at who would play Tiamat in a movie.
0: We need an actress with five heads.
1: Yeah. Or five, yeah. Actresses. Or five, different, yeah. five, five different, different actresses. It'd be a little tough. So what would it say about a person if perhaps they were sort of rooting for Tiamat?
3: Nothing. It's It's fun to watch the bad guys win.
1: Like maybe they wanted to help her. And they didn't want anyone to harm her.
3: Well, you know, that's a way you could go in a Tyranny of Dragons storyline. But that's a a very dangerous road to walk. A dragon, an ordinary dragon, is uh, superior and arrogant enough. You can't imagine uh, how mistreated you would be at the hands of Tiamat, even if she thought you were an ally. Really? Well, she has been trapped in hell for a long time.
1: She has, but, I mean, what if... Said person was, like, on her side. And like, I'm going to try to help you out here. Throw your rope. Uh,
3: that might, There might be some short-term benefits to gain from that alliance, but you just better make sure you don't cross her because she's the mother of vengeance as well.
1: Oh, boy.
0: So, Mike, have you ever played against or with uh, Tiamat?
2: I have never actually used Tiamat in a
3: campaign, or ran into her.
2: And actually, I very rarely used dragons. It always felt like dragons were...
3: Mike was scarred, scarred by the cartoon series. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs>
2: the, uh... But no, I always, I was, I was always more of a demons and devils kind yeah. of DM and player. So the mm-hmm. uh, when we fought dragons, when I have fought dragons in games, it's usually been like a really big event. So mm-hmm. the uh, team had always seemed like a fairly remote figure, and she is a goddess, so... It's not just someone you're gonna run into in a dungeon randomly. So unless you're roll very poorly on the uh, encounter
1: charts. <laughs> Have you ever run up against Tiamat, Bart?
0: No, I when I was uh, when I was younger, we would always fill the dungeons with as many different colored dragons as possible and kill them all. Obviously, it was a very well balanced game, mm-hmm. but we never got to Tiamat. She was always the big baddie in the monster manual. And uh, yeah, something about her being a god felt like it was off limits. We hadn't quite uh, cracked open the deities and demigods and used them as fodder.
1: Hmm. All right, interesting. So this is not this is not the first time that that Tiamat has obviously shown up in campaigns. But you, that's true. Perkins were were saying how you have wanted something iconic in terms of the storyline. So obviously, dragons spoke to you, but, I mean, who else would be a good...
3: She's also just a great source for evil dragons to sort of put aside their differences in order to try to bring back. Most dragons live isolated lives far apart from one another, and we were just coming up with, you know, if we wanted dragons to ally with one another, evil dragons in particular, what would be the thing that got them to do that?
1: Tiamat. Makes sense to me.
3: But if you're remarkably resourceful and lucky, maybe you don't have to fight her at all. Maybe you prevent her from coming back. I mean, the story is pretty open-ended.
1: That is true. Yeah. To each their own. I, for one, I'm rooting for her. I can't help it. I don't know why. I always root for the bad guy. I think just because I want them to like me. It's you, easier.
3: If they win, you don't have to worry about being
1: yeah. put up against the wall. Yeah, like, I was with you the whole time. <laughs> and if they lose, no harm done.
3: So the good, the good thing about the adventures is uh, whether you play them at home or you play them through organized play, uh, you're going to find a great variety of – you're going to find that every all the promise of D&D is in there. In, in the D&D starter game and in the core rules and in the adventures, we really enforce or, or show you all the pillars of the game. There's combat, yes, but there's also a lot of exploration and a lot of social interaction. Role-playing galore, where the choices you make actually matter. They have consequence. The organizations that you join or help um, will visit benefits upon you in the future. It feels very alive. Um, And the the places you get to go and the things you get to explore, from a, a flying cloud giant castle to a dragon hatchery, um, to all these wondrous places, they, re- they really just fuel the imagination, and I think people are going to be, like I said, back to the shared experience, they're going to be talking about these locations and these adventures for a long time.
1: It does feel like a really good time to to be playing d d right now, what with the, the storyline and the new products that are coming out and the starter set. feels It's, it's good to be a dD and d player right now. Do you agree? Oh yeah,
2: no, it's exciting, right? Yeah. I mean, the, launching a new campaign or, you know, playing through the, uh, tyranny of dragons adventures. The, uh, yeah, I think I, I agree with Chris. It's going to be very interesting. I think the, uh, the design of the adventures, uh, is very interesting because each episode, while it is a campaign, so it's an adventure path, we expect, you know, there's sort of a beginning and an end. Each episode has a lot of flexibility built into it. So I'm really curious to see what people end up doing the, and especially in an organized play, you know, there is a, a flying castle that shows up in the adventure. So we, you know, is it possible that someone in organized play might end up with a flying castle? Like, who knows? Maybe, right? If people if people make the right choices or are smart or figure it out, we, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting to see, you know, as the storyline progresses. And that's what I'm really actually excited to see because we're really integrating things from organized play, not in terms of like, oh, we're going to design the rules. Like, it's kind of, I think in the past it had been our, our principle of the rules are what binds organized play. But now our focus is much more on the story and thinking what would just be really like a cool thing if you go to Gen Con or go to your local convention or go to your store to play D&D Encounters or, or to play D&D. What can we do to make that really fun, make you feel like you are playing in this giant campaign with tens and tens of thousands of other people, 100,000 other people? And how can we make your character, give your character the opportunity to be unique and distinctive even though there's 100,000 100, other people playing? You know, and we don't have to lead you by the nose, but just put those possibilities in there that you might be able to,
3: to cash in on.
1: That is very cool.
3: Yeah. Now, so, there will be things that you can benefit from, particularly from participating in our organized play experiences. Uh, one of the things is the opportunity to join a faction. Um, it's an option. It's not something you'd have to do. But we've got a lot of very uh, well developed factions that have major roles to play in Tyranny of Dragons and future stories down the road. and I think I think the players will really be jazzed um, because uh, each faction has a very different feeling from all the other ones.
0: So uh, I was going to ask about that. We haven't really talked about the factions at all. Uh, for those that haven't even heard the term, can you explain how that's going to work into the Tyranny of Dragons storyline yeah, and the what, tira- what those are?
3: In, in the storyline, uh, really the factions are organizations that exist within the world and uh, when a common threat such as evil dragons running amok surfaces these organizations while they have their own agendas often are compelled to work side by side to defeat this common threat when we started building the tyranny of dragons story we started building the factions or thinking about the factions around the same time and uh, few people know this but before we really go too deep down the story road we sort of put together a story bible to kind of guide us and sort of set the boundaries and also help us define art style and things that we need to represent visually for the story and just codify those and the faction development process was working concurrently with the rules generation process and the story creation process and you know working with our partners on the things that they were going to be contributing for us and I, I'm really happy with the way the factions turned out. A lot of people had a lot of input to make sure that everyone felt unique and they sort of covered the gamut as far as player styles and character options. And, um, so I think the rules, the rule books, the story, the OP experience, because all this stuff was being developed together in harmony with all the playtest feedback we were getting, I think we ended up in a really exciting place with really exciting options that are going to be meaningful and memorable to people.
1: I, I agree. And if people want more information about the factions, we're going to have more information soon um, on our website about just a deeper dive into who, who these factions are. And, yeah.
3: and more information about the story, too.
1: And lots more information about the story.
0: Yes, no, absolutely. On that note, for news and information on Tyranny of Dragons, on the new edition, on the organized play announcements, everything will be front and center at DungeonsAndDragons.com, so by all means, feel free to go there. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to uh, hit us up at dndinsider@wizards.com. at wizards.com, the email address we always peruse. Uh, I, I know internally we're all very thrilled for the new edition being here for the storyline starting off uh, the starter set. It's July fifteenth. Is there anything special that you guys have planned to uh, celebrate in particular on that day?
2: I don't know. yet we kind of brainstorming. I, was the fifteenth? Is that like a Tuesday? Is mm-hmm. that the, so, I mean, I've had a couple ideas for what we can do for the R and D team and we people working on D and D. Yeah, to do something kind of fun. So, had a few ideas percolating. We've
1: got some. We've got some ideas too. Good. Yes. We, s- we still video. have a
2: lot of work to do.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's
2: a little funny because right now we're in crunch mode for the player's handbook. We're finishing that up. Um, and so it's a little funny because I was a little worried, like, oh, well, I have enough energy to get excited because, like, when stuff goes out the door, you're more relieved. And so you just want to make sure, like, oh, no, it's still, I mean, I'm super excited, right? But, like, right now it's, like, it's Thursday near the end of the day and all like, I can think of is, oh, I need to go back and look how <laughs> Polymorph works in the player's handbook and make sure that's all working well. But you know, it, it See, but is
0: it's it sentences like that that make you love your job. Yes, one hundred percent.
2: No, and I'm just, I, I just love. I mean, it's hard because you work in a game. You don't want to be the guy who's like, if I was in a band and I said I love my band, people would think that's a little lame, right? Like, I mean, you're, you should take pride in your work, but, but I love this game. Like, I really love Fifth Edition D and D. Like, it's just, it's everything I wanted, and, and it's just, it's nice being validated by like having the playtest process, knowing that this wasn't just what I wanted and everyone else would hate it. That this is. This is what, like, we put together a game that I think the R&D team is really proud of, and is really excited to start to, to be playing and to continue playing, and to be able to share share that excitement with people and know that we were able to really use that feedback to drive so much of that is just it's it's, it's such a huge bonus and it in some ways it's a relief and in a lot of ways it's very exciting and it's also exciting to think of the stuff we'll be announcing in the future too. I mean, this is only this is the beginning, right? right? This isn't just. We released a new edition and then we walk away like this is uh this is just the first of many steps and i think that that is where i get really excited too so.
1: absolutely
0: well that seems like a good uh place to say thank you for your time and again just to reiterate the uh excitement about the edition coming out and again another big thank you to all of the many many play testers as well who took a part of it so on behalf of uh, shelly mazanoble and myself thanks for listening and for more information, DungeonsAndDragons.com is where you will find out more about Tyranny of Dragons and everything else.
1: Thanks, guys.
4: Hello, everybody. This is Trevor Kidd on the D&D team here at Wizards of the Coast. And joining me today is Rob Overmeyer from Cryptic in the lovely Los Gatos, California. Uh, Rob, why don't you say hello to everybody and tell everybody what you do over at Cryptic?
5: Uh yeah hey uh it's great to be here uh, uh it's such a cool chance to be able to talk to you guys uh I uh I uh, am the uh, lead development producer on Neverwinter uh, at Cryptic Studios so I basically uh I basically manage schedules and stuff and get meetings together and and you know make sure that we have an overall vision and then and then help all of the designers and artists uh you know see their vision you know come to fruition and uh, make uh, totally awesome modules for Neverwinter. <laughs> that's that's basically a high level, that's what I do. Yeah, high
4: level. Uh, low level, uh, from what I saw from our visit a couple weeks ago, Rob pretty much does everything. Uh, he, he talks to everybody, he explains everything, he has ideas about everything. Uh, you're, you seem like the go-to guy for a lot of that stuff for as far as the game creation goes.
5: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of fandom for, for D&D uh, <laughs> and uh, so much fandom for harper specifically but let's not go into that um uh, but uh but yeah I, I basically go around i do a lot of stuff uh, some of the coolest things that i get to do here is is uh sit in meetings where with like a bunch of super fans that have great memories of D D from you know its inception to now and figure out like how can we do that thing that one thing remember that time we had that that you know that campaign and it was great let's i want that in the game uh, so i get to sort of hang out and geek out and that's it's, it's, not very, it's not a really hard job, but yeah, <laughs> it definitely is fun. Yeah, I remember
4: for the part of that meeting, uh, Jack came in on our side, and he was like, so I see these awesome minis that WizKids has for Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, what do I need to do to get those? And it's just, <laughs> and, it's just awesome being surrounded by other fans, uh, especially when you're working on, on games like this. So that was pretty, pretty awesome to hear. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, we're all super excited about Trinity Dragons. We all know that. Earlier this week, because hopefully this goes out Friday, everybody. But, uh, earlier this week, um... We announced all of our, you know, new Wizards of the Coast D&D products along with the uh, Tyranny of Dragons module that we're doing with you guys over at Neverwinter. Like I said, we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago I was down there with uh, some other guys from Wizards, and we were sitting there talking about story and all the cool stuff that's going on uh, with Tyranny of Dragons. It was super awesome meeting, super excited to be working with you guys on this. Um, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about how that's been in the past, you know, in, uh, working with Wizards on, on getting that story aligned uh, with Tyranny of Dragons and, and all the other stuff going on?
5: Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, again. It was a fantastic meeting. It was really great, like geeking out and just having lots of uh, lots of fun thinking about all the crazy things that we can do. Um, it's been an, amazing to work with uh, with Watsi and coming up with ideas for not not only our modules in the past but modules going forward and Tyranny of the Dragon uh, specifically. Um, there is a ton of stuff that we can do, and the story is so cool. Um, so it was great to sit and brainstorm and ask, like, what about this? And how about this? And could this ever happen? And just sort of the, the back and forth uh, uh, of the sharing of sort of ideas. And uh, for me, a lot of it was actually learning more about the, the story and even a little bit of the future, which is kind of cool that I have this little the, the insight into what you guys were thinking about. Um, but coming up with, I mean, brainstorming and, 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 and throwing ideas back and forth for what the, the, the critters might be or the story might be or what it could be uh, has been fantastic but uh, uh, overall though I think you know what we we came up with for a plan for uh dragons in, uh, in Neverwinter is gonna be really really cool
4: yeah um, I know I really enjoy what we were talking about can you tell us a little bit about I mean we don't want to spoil too much right but can you tell, yeah. us, tell us a little bit about that story and, and what people might be you know, in August when it launches
5: yeah so uh, all right, so there was the old cult of the dragon, right? Mm-hmm. And then now there's this, there's sort of this new, this resurgence of the cult of the dragon, sort of the new breed, if you will, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're up to some shady stuff, or maybe <laughs> you know, they pretty shady. And so there's a, the, the players are gonna have to figure out what's going on. There's a mystery, uh, and and so I think the overall the 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 feeling of the of the content in the story is that got to figure out what's going on the cult of the dragon is back but in a different way and there's still cult of the dragon out there and what's happening between these two the old world and the new um and then there will be dragons <laughs> so um there's there's going to be some really cool uh, gameplay and encounters that that sort of have the player figuring out what's going on and then most likely there's going to be some pretty big dragon uh fights so uh, without giving up too much it's it's like it's like a mystery figuring out what's going on it's all in the sword coast it's everywhere they're up to something big and uh it's up to the player to figure it out
4: that sounds awesome i know I know uh one of the things we talked about is uh is you know trying to get uh, players of, of all levels and, and skill quality involved in that so um not to, not to go into too much detail about you know when it starts, but one of the plans was to get people of, of lower levels involved in this uh in this story as well correct
5: yeah absolutely we it's it's gonna it's, it's a huge story, and it's, gonna, it's, it's not just going to be one module. Uh, maybe I'm giving away too much, but whatever. <laughs> it's not just going to be contained in one thing, and it's not just going to be for you know, top-tier, max-level players. It's, it's going to be for everybody. Now, not every aspect of it is going to be for everybody. It's going to start earlier, uh, and, and pl- players are going to get into it earlier. There's going to be some, uh, some extra things, that sort of event-style things that happen uh, that are tied to the storyline that's going to get everybody into it to see what's going on. Uh, and to sort of, tr- you know, start getting these pieces of this story about what's happening with the cult of the dragon. Um, and it, it is absolutely about, about getting people in, getting them playing, checking out the story and fighting dragons.
4: Definitely, definitely. I'm excited to see uh, how you know the interaction between the tabletop role playing game and the *Tyranny of Dragons* uh, module in *Neverwinter*. Because we have you know uh, a couple of, of tabletop adventures coming out, and they're tied really closely to the story that uh, you guys are telling on *Neverwinter*. So, I think that was a pretty cool thing that, that we made sure happened this time. Uh, and and I, I, for the people that play both, I think it's going to be really exciting.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, uh, just like you've got you've got uh, you know you got gamers that on the tabletop that are going to tell. The story, and then you know, twists and add their own little flavors to that story. Uh, we're also really excited that when, when we get *Tyranny of Dragons* out, that our uh, our foundry authors and our, our UGC community, who are just amazing, the stuff they put together is amazing. How they expand uh, *Tyranny of Dragon*, what they can do—they've uh, done amazing in the past for what we've uh, what we've released uh, to telling sort of extra stories and getting getting bits from uh, from the tabletop games actually into the game. It's it's actually really cool. So I'm really excited about about Never winner being, you know, uh, the Tyranny of Dragons uh, uh, experience and what UGC players do to sort of keep continue telling that that Tyranny of Dragons experience, and then also the toppers uh, and how all that ties together. I bet there's going to be a lot of really cool crossover and ideas pouring back and forth. Yeah,
4: I, I definitely think so too. I, I've played quite a few of the uh, UGC stuff, and it's uh, the stuff I've played is great. You guys do a pretty good job of highlighting, you know, the cool stuff. The community does too, and just. Yeah. just being able to drop in there and and pick something that people say is cool and play through it is awesome. Now it would be even more awesome to see people do that with some Trinity Dragon's content. So yeah, super excited about that. Um, so we've probably talked about as much about TOD as we can, unfortunately. Uh, we'll have to save the rest for another, another podcast in the future. But let's go ahead and talk about uh, Icewind Dale, because that was the sorry, curse of Icewind Dale. That's the module that you guys just released uh, a, week or, a week or two ago. And yep. um, it looks awesome. I'm hearing great things about it. Uh, let's go ahead and start off. Like, I know there's lots of PvP in it, but, but there's also some cool cool world events. Which one do you want to start off with first?
5: Um, well, I'll start with a high level, a bit of a pitch. I'm a huge fan, obviously. Icewind Dale is well-known across all of fandom for D&D. Uh, Curse of Icewind Dale specifically brings, uh, brings back the continuation of the story of uh, a Legacy of the Crystal Shard. So it is after Kar uh, has been defeated. Defeated, I'll, I'll put air quotes around that. There you go. Um, uh, uh, and then w- what's happened is uh, the, uh, the tower has exploded and it's basically shot shards of black ice all around Icewind Dale. Now, specifically, uh, Kerr Koenig Icewind Pass and Dwarven Valley, um, which are well-known places in, in Icewind Dale, um, are seeing the effects of this. And, uh, and the merchant town of Kerr is has basically become the hub for the trading of, the crafting of, and the collection of uh, black ice uh, and its power and figuring out what that is. So, multiple, all, of course, the, the entire world is sort of looking at this new power, this new material. And so uh, it, it's created this sort of this this, this uh, animosity between two groups. We've got the ten towners who are who are part of uh, of Konig, a part of the group of Ice Dale, uh, and a a the faction of uh, the Arcane Brotherhood, which Arcarquesa was a part of. Now, the Arcane Brotherhood is swearing up and down that they're not crazy evil anymore. But who knows? But we got to see. We got to take them at their word and see what their their overall plan is. But what. Players end up doing is they, they basically choose a side. They get mercenary factions, and they can go into uh, into the uh, the zones of uh, of uh, for Curse of Icewind Dale module, and and if they want to, they can get into PvP. We we in large zones we have mo- both PVE and PvP. Um, you are not forced into PvP, but for players that want to engage into sort of open world, uh, open world feeling, sort of PvP I can just use that long acronym. Um, <laughs> They can. They basically go flag themselves. They get into PvP, and then they go out into the world, uh, and they've chosen mercenary faction or mercenary contract. And if they run across uh, a, a person from the other side, uh, uh, and ha- that has a different mercenary contract, they can they can fight. Now, there's a couple places where they can do that sort of uh, in a focused manner. There's an area that's definitely in sort of big red, scary. Like if you go in here, you're going to be flagged for PvP, and that's sort of more. Uh, Focused gameplay. There's a really cool uh, event that happens in there that PVPers can take a part of. But after that, you can actually go out anywhere and sort of have that experience of like doing PVE while looking over your shoulder. It's pretty cool, and it's the first time we've added it to Neverwinter. Um, along with that, we have a, a brand new type of content called heroic encounters, which are sort of spontaneously sort of happening things around the zone uh, that is sort of tied to the story of the zone. So in, in Icewind Pass, for instance, um, there's there's barbarians that were coming in and raiding, which barbarians raiding is is core to any town in Icewind Dale. Um, it's sort of, it's like, it's Tuesday, where are they? It's, they're totally late. It's seven, oh, there they are in the Barbarian's Raid. Um, so it's kind of central to sort of the history of Icewind Dale, and it definitely is, uh, is present in, in, in Icewind Pass, uh, which is the closest uh, zone to Kerr Koenig, uh, the, the hub uh, in, in, the, in the module. Um, so what happens is tied in that, then you have Barbarians raiding all over the zone and popping up in these little raiding parties, and you've got to go stop them. Uh, and it's cool sort of, easy group up uh, content and it's sort of soft grouping where a bunch of people go to a heroic encounter they defeat it there's a couple of things that they need to do and then they run out and then and they find another one the other cool thing is that the, the curse of ice windale is is i'll be frank it's hard <laughs> right it's hard you gotta you, 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 if you can manage to do it so great but those even the easiest heroic encounters are two to three people the second level up, the mediums or rank Bs, uh, so Cs were the easiest. Rank Bs, those are like six to 10. And then the rank As, where you can fight, oh man, the amazing uh, Remaraz, um, even a Black Ice Beholder. Uh, very cool, very cool, large scale, big fights that are very damaging, and you got to think about it. Um, so it's, it's about it, the, the module is about the sort of conflict and, and Black Ice and this power that, that there's a struggle for, new types of, of content. There's PvP, there's open world PvP where you can do PvE while watching your back and then there's these really cool heroic encounters that sort of get people that are, that, that, you know, they got to get together and they got to, you know, rush in and fight that Black Ice Beholder and figure out what that battle is. It's sort of in-world boss fights. Very, very cool stuff and it's brand new for Neverwinter that, and, uh, and players are loving it. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome.
4: So, I have all sorts of stuff I want to ask you about. Let's yeah. start with, uh, you, you know, you hinted at Kessel, right? Like, oh, he's he's defeated, uh, <laughs> but he does he does rear his head again here in Curse of Icewind Dale. Uh, what kind of what kind of uh, experience is that for players for f- fighting him? Like, how does that work?
5: It's it's pretty cool. It's a um, it is a pretty it's an epic skirmish. So it's kind of like think of it like a mini. It's not a mini dungeon. It's really it's got a it's pretty hard. In fact, it's, it is hard. Incredibly hard. Um, and, uh, but it's a five-man, uh, effectively it's a mini dungeon or a skirmish. You get in, you queue for it, you go in. It's real fast. It's about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, you got to get, a, basically be, to be able to fight all this stuff, you've got to get the, the ability to do it. Uh, and some of the requirements are um, basically finding out how to turn this crazy powerful material, black ice, uh, into something that's usable for you. And so we have this really cool black ice weapons that you can actually empower and overcharge, uh, if you will, uh, by feeding it black ice. There's sort of, it, you can make, like, the players can make corrupted weapons that get more powerful, and you can even make them more and more powerful. It's the most powerful thing in the game. And then you basically load yourself up. You go, you go face a Karkessel in his tower, in, a, in, a, in his, uh, his a, a new tower, not the original tower, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's a uh, it's a pretty cool run up it is not like a crazy hour and a half slog but it's got a really great boss fight in the end he's uh, he's got some uh, some beholders that are all corrupted and full of black eyes oh nice that you got to fight uh, and then it's uh, it's pretty cool i mean uh, it doesn't it's not a required, it doesn't require the same sort of dungeon makeup so you know the players can get together and, and in different sort of group uh, formations and, and, and get through it but it's hard. you know. There's going to be some deaths, and, uh, and there's going to be a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of time to figure out the, the fight. But once you get the fight, and you, you basically start moving around a lot, uh, you can get through it. But our uh, Kessel is definitely a, a, a really cool fight. He's got very cool mechanics. Um, and, I don't know, fighting multiple beholders at a time, while a, cr- a crazy, uh, I guess, undead wizard... I think that's, um, pretty, that, that's, that's a good way to put it, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it'll keep you on your toes. Yeah, but uh, it's something that's for everybody, and it's sort of, uh, it, it's, there's a lot of really cool stuff to get from him. So, uh, you know, getting there, getting the gear you need to take him down, getting super powered to make that takedown even better and, mm-hmm. and, and more visceral, mm-hmm. is uh, something I think players are going to really like
4: I know for uh, weeks we looked at, you know, we, we, we have our weekly calls and everything. There was always the art for, you know, these, these black ice infused monsters. Do you have a favorite black ice monster? Would it be that Beholder?
5: The Beholder is so cool. <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's like, it's gigantic. And then, uh, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. No, maybe I won't. Actually, I will. Like, we have uh, one of the, the rank A heroic encounters. Like, there's a little bit of a step back really quick. There's black ice nodes around that you basically go and you, you, you know, chunk off chunks of black ice and collect it and you can basically take, take it back to use to, for your professions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's this one area where there's these giant nodes and you go up and you start plunking away at them and mining them and it's kind of a trap. It's the black ice beholder. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to go mine some black ice. Oh my goodness. It's a beholder. <laughs> Um, but that's sort of classic to sort of that, that tabletop. I, I recall like friends and we'd be having an adventure in something and it'd be like, you open a chest. I open a chest. There's a dragon inside. <laughs> so it was kind of like this this throwback. A lot of us had sort of those, those memories of, I guess, DMs that were a little bit too abusive. Yeah. Um, well,
4: you know, they, they like to have fun too.
5: <laughs> that's true. That's true. But dragons in every chest? Come on. Yeah. That's anyway. True. Um, but yeah, I think the the Black Ice Beholder is, is totally awesome. Um, I. Although it's not completely like covered in black ice, the, the rumor has got to be my favorite. Yeah, I've been sharing it is the Remoraz art. so awesome. I've
4: been sharing the Remoraz art that you guys put together uh, for Icewind Dale. I don't know, like this week or by the time people hear this last week. Uh, I love that piece. Uh, it's yes. Yeah. I, I just kind of have a then and now comparison of like the original Rimraz black, you know, pin art compared yeah, yeah. to it, and it's it's awesome to see the progression of of, of how that's come. But it's, it's it's amazing. I love how you can see like the heat kind of in the frills as well. I thought that was cool.
5: Yes, I mean I, uh, I, I play every day, and I've had the chance to fight the Rimraz three times, mm-hmm. um, and I get a screen grab every time. <laughs> Like when it's laying there, I get a screen grab and like I, I did it. I seriously was here. It just looks so awesome.
4: Is the, um, is the Rimraz one of those heroic encounter type things that that,
5: yeah. that pop up? Yep, it's the rank A. So you're basically you're fighting around the zone uh, in, in Icewind Pass and Dwarven Valley, and mm-hmm. uh, actually the Rimraz is in uh, Icewind Pass because they uh, they tunnel through snow, uh, not earth. Gotcha. Um, so. Um, uh, so you're, you're hanging out nice wind Pass, and then all of a sudden you'll get a notification that the, the, the Rimmer has a spawned, and uh, you basically run to it. It's a really cool fight. There's, there's not only the very large one, but uh, multiple small ones. There's a really cool mechanic in the fight that uh, you have to kind of you know, think about what's going on. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it is, it's uh, one of the, uh, the tough 10-plus uh, 10, 10 person uh, heroic encounters.
4: Um, we talked about the black ice weapons and armor a little bit, which I think is cool. Oh, hey, what, uh, what level is this content for? Is it something that, that everybody can enjoy, or is it something that you've got to be a certain level before you can start really picking away at
5: it? It is because it is the hardest in the game. Mm-hmm. It is 60+. plus. Um, I think our critters start at 61 and oh, then nice. go, up, go up to 63 or 65. Okay. Um, so it is definitely tough. Like I said, it's, it's 60s that have uh, like 10K plus gear score. Um, and have uh, uh, some boons from our previous uh um, campaigns mm-hmm. um, to be able to, to get in there and, and basically start to survive it 's tough stuff it 's end game content yeah. um, and uh it 's really cool, like we were nervous to be honest, we were nervous, we're like, we make it too hard, this is really hard <laughs> um, and players are getting in, and they 're just like, "Oh my, my, I love it, this is so hard I totally and I almost died, but I made it and it 's that feeling of back and forth and i had, I used it, it was great, and then you know like getting one other person and like I mentioned those sort of soft team ups yeah. where you're like, hey, you see me, I'm, I'm getting hurt here. And then, and then the players are just sort of jumping in and helping out. And because nobody's stealing credit, nobody's, you know, like KSing or anything, like, yeah. you know, sort of classic old, old style in the boat. That is something
4: I've always loved about Neverwinter. You're going around one some guy, some guy kills the guy you got. It, it's fine, you still get credit for it. It's,
5: yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Uh, so those, those quick team-ups, and, and hopefully those two are like, hey, thanks for helping me out. Hey, you want to you wanna team up and go do some heroic encounters, some of the Bs and Cs? And, and, and people start getting up, forming up groups. And then, and the next thing you know, sixty people are just running in this giant mass around the map, just crushing everything. It's it's cool to be a part of.
4: Yeah, that that's it's, I've seen it a couple times, and it is funny. It's it's fun and awesome to watch. You know, one of those heroic counters turn into well, let's just keep hanging out and crushing everything we come in to come in contact with. So yeah, absolutely, it's, it's been pretty awesome. Uh, so we've got a lot uh, on the, on the curse here, and uh, hopefully we can uh, talk a little bit more about Training Dragons in, in uh, the next podcast. We can g- reveal a little bit more stuff. But there's a couple teasers in there that hopefully people will pick up on. <laughs> yeah. but I think we've pretty much exhausted the segment of time we're going to have for the podcast. So thank you, Rob, for joining us. It was awesome to have you. Always it was awesome great to be
5: here. Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, and thank you for all the fans out there. Go ahead, Rob, say goodbye to them as well.
5: See you later, everybody.
4: (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, we will see slash talk to you all again very soon in the next podcast series. So thanks again, Rob. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.